Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. You know what's coming up, right? Valentine's Day. You're right. 23 days away until Valentine's Day. So there's no excuse, um, guys, if you forget that Valentine's Day is how many days away? 23 days. Do you ever think, you know, why do we do this whole Valentine's thing? I mean, do we do it because Hallmark and, and, and Russell Stover's and, and the flowers, you know, are, are really, really good at, you know, getting us excited and prepared, maybe feeling guilty or maybe obligated to do the whole Valentine's thing? Sounds good to you, Doug says. I mean, there's a lot of reasons we may do this. You know, you might send that special someone, whether it's mom or a girlfriend to your spouse, you know, something special on Valentine's Day or take them out to dinner because, you know what? It's expected. It's an obligation. I've got to do what I've got to do. Got your reservations, got the flowers, the candy, a gift. Or maybe you do it because, well, you know, it's, it's, it's an obligation you feel culturally. Maybe it's an obligation you know you're going to be in trouble if you don't do something. I saw some of you looking at somebody sitting next to you. Um, so if that's the case, you should write that on the calendar. I'm not going to get in trouble this year. It is in 23 days. I'm going to make reservations right now. You know, sometimes we do it because we feel like we're going to get in trouble. You know, I've got to get beyond the goods with someone. Or maybe you want to outshine someone. You know, you want to make sure that you have better gifts, you know, for that special someone. Or like, you know, I got mom a better gift than you did. Um, look what a great husband I am. I got my wife flowers and candy and a gift and got dinner reservations. One year I did that. And I think I told this story before. I was in St. Louis at the seminary and I ordered flowers in advance. And so on Valentine's Day, when there was this long line of guys standing there, you know, and they were getting like these wilted little flowers you know, I'm being told there's nothing left. Sorry, I walked in. And I got my dozen roses. And the guy, when we were getting into our cars, looked at his little wilty bunch of flowers and looked at the big, beautiful, you know, dozen roses that I had. He's like, I said, I ordered ahead. <laughs> I learned years ago. Why do we do what we do? Hopefully, maybe you do what you do for someone special is why. Yes, oh, I'm so glad you said that. Because we love them, right? You, you, you love mom, grandma. My grandmother's birthday was on Valentine's Day. My niece's birthday is on Valentine's Day. You know, hopefully do what we do on like Valentine's Day, regardless of cultural norms and expectations, regardless of how well Rosa Stover's or Hallmark or some restaurant, you know, tries to get you to commercially do something. That ultimately what motivates us to do this is love. We've been in this series in these first, second, and third week now, the fourth week of January, you know, and we begin exploring, you know, these questions and, 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 and this identity of who we are. So we started that first one. We said, you know, who are we? And then, you know, we got to say, well, this is who we are. And then we said, well, what do we do? And guess what we're going to do today? It's like, you know, school and there's a little cheat sheet on the board. We're going to explore why we do what we do as we dig into God's Word. So let's do a real quick recap, you know, just so again it's fresh in your mind, because I know all of you have probably worked on kind of memorizing this. If not, 
we're going to do it anyways. So first of all, last week, or two weeks ago, we said who we are. We are, say this with me, we are a gathering of people striving to act like a family committed to serving in love. So again, let's recap that. We are a gathering of people from different backgrounds, different places, gathered here together in Jesus, in our baptism, in his blood, in faith, that we're striving to be like a family. And no family, just like your family's not perfect. The family's not perfect, but we're striving to be like a family, that we are committed to each other. And ultimately, we're committed to serving in what? In love. And as we do that last week, then we said, this is who we are. Why, you know, what do we do? So we, here's the next sentence. Say it with me. So we gather, grow, and go. And we talked about what it means for us to gather together. This is our main gathering point here in worship. And we grow together. We talked about this morning as we opened up in worship. We have opportunities to grow through confirmation class and kid zone and, you know, going through the book of Romans with the adult class and in high school edge group and other opportunities for us to be together and to grow in the word. And we go, we serve, and we're committed to serving in love, serving one another and serving outside the walls of our church. And so today as we explore why do we do what we do, we're going to add another layer to this. Why do we do what we do? Say this with me. Because we are all about growing in Jesus and sharing his love. We're all about growing in Jesus and sharing his love. Love. And we find that in the words of Scripture we heard here. That was Robert who shared those words from us from the Matthew's Gospel, often called the Great Commission. And you know, before we get into that, let's kind of back into this text a little bit. It's probably, you know, for many of you, a familiar text, but let's put it in context. Jesus' disciples were amazed. I mean, they were often amazed at the things he had done, but this especially was amazing because they were on their way up the mountainside to Bethany. And 40 days before this, do you know what happened 40 days before this? 40 days before this, Jesus was dead. He'd been buried in the tomb. And then on three days, he did what? He rose again from the dead. Christ is risen. Right, see, you are on top of it this morning. Yeah, three, he rose again. He was alive. I mean, and after 40 days... He showed his disciples, his friends, his followers, that he was truly alive. They got to feel and touch him. Thomas, you know, poked his hands in his side, side, you know, felt around in the wound there. He's really alive. But he had always done amazing things as they were with him for three years. Three years, they, they heard him teach and demonstrate that God's love was not just for a select group of people, that God's love was not exclusive, that God loved all people. Whether they were, you know, according to society, really good, maybe deserving of some love, or whether, whether they were broken, whether they struggled often with sin in their lives, that God loved them, that God forgave them. He did amazing things. He healed the sick and the lame. He gave the blind sight. He enabled the deaf to hear. You know, he walked on water, and then our high school edge group, we talked today about how he calmed the storm. He even raised the dead. He fed thousands of people. He even said that he was going to suffer and die, that he would be predicted when he was having that special supper with his disciples, that one of his closest would betray him. He healed the ear there in the garden. The guy gets his ear sliced off. And then he's crucified, dies on the cross. And on the third day, he rises again. 
they had experienced Jesus doing amazing things. And now he's going with his disciples and those gathering of people up there on that mountainside. And Jesus gives them these words. And these words really shape not only that first group of Jesus' followers, but they have shaped the group of Jesus' followers throughout history. And they shape us today. So let's go. We're going to do like a, um, I was going to say like a walk through these words. It's probably not like a walk. It's a little more like, hold on, we're going to do a jog, maybe a sprint. Yeah, probably more like a sprint. So go. All right, let's read these words, Matthew 20, 18 together. When Jesus came near, he spoke to them. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So how much authority does Jesus have? All, absolute, absolute authority. So in faith, you know, we see Jesus as the one who has authority in our lives and authority for our church. He's the head of the church. In fact, the apostle Paul writes about where this authority comes from, Ephesians 1, verse 28. Let's read this together. God has put everything under control of Christ. He has made Christ the head of everything for the good of the church. So Jesus, when Jesus says something to us, you know, if he has all authority in our lives, what do we do? Listen. Yeah, we listen and we obey sometimes. Because we're sinners, we often still disobey him and do things our own way. And that's why, you know, so often in our worship services, we have the time to confess our sins, to acknowledge that, Lord, I have not obeyed you, have not followed you, have not let who you are shape me. <laughs> He has made Christ the head of the church. And so Jesus, who he is, shapes us. All right, we're sprinting here. Next verse, 28, 19. Let's read this together. So wherever you go, make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So wherever you go. Now, depending on the translation you have, if you have an older translation, it often says, therefore, go and make disciples. And what we often hear in our minds, and the word, which you never think about with the translation, where that translation is kind of shaped for some of us, is the idea that therefore go means only those who are like Chelsea, who have packed their bags up and moved to the Czech Republic. Therefore go means you have to go far, far, far away. The translation here is so much better, and it's so much more accurate to the language that is there. So say that with me. Wherever you go, go back, don't go too fast. I'm out of breath. Oh, thank you. (laughs) So wherever you go, make disciples. So, you know, wherever you go, where are you going? Well, you don't have to answer that right at the top of your head. But, I mean, it means as you go about your daily life. I mean, yes, some of us, you know, are called like some of the disciples went, and they traveled far, far away. But as the disciples traveled, they established, they planted these communities of Jesus' followers in places like Galatia and Corinth. And and in those communities, those people, many of them stayed right where they were at. But as they went about their daily lives, they shared God's love. They shared the message of hope and forgiveness in Jesus. And then it goes on to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we are to make disciples. And again, making disciples, a disciple is a student, a follower. So make other followers of me and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You ever, you ever wondered why when we baptize somebody, we say, I baptize you in the name of the 
Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Why do we do that? Because Jesus said so. And Jesus has what? All authority. All right, now next slide. We read together, 2820A. Teach them to do everything I have commanded you. So Jesus is telling us, you know, that we are to make disciples. We are to baptize them. We are to teach them to do everything that he has commanded us. In other words, he says, teach them to follow my ways. Teach them what I have taught you. You've been with me for three years. You have learned from me, you know, who God is and who his creation, who humanity, who you are. You were to teach them. And, and ultimately, you know, we, there's, there's a lot we could say about, you know, what Jesus teaches us. But ultimately, you know, what he teaches us is summarized in a conversation that he had with, you know, something called a rich um, or a young lawyer or attorney, expert in the law. He says, you know, what must I do? You know, and Jesus says, well, what do the commandments say? And he goes to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, love yourself. And Jesus says, you know, this is what it is. So next verse is Matthew twenty two thirty nine, and Jesus teaches us to do what? Love others as much as you love yourself. So it's loving God, knowing we are loved by God, and loving others as we have been loved. And if you really want to talk about, you know, what it means for us to follow Jesus, it's loving others as we have been loved. Next verse, 2820B, we read together. And remember that I am with you to the end of time. This makes sense then as he talks about as you go, or if God so moves you and you do like Chelsea does, and you go, go, as you go, who goes with you? Who's always with you? Jesus. Who is with you when you are shining the love of Jesus into someone's life? Jesus, who is with you when you are faltering and failing to love others? Jesus, because Jesus always loves you, and he's always with you, and that's important for us to remember as we live, you know, in today's culture and society when sometimes things, things seem so uncertain, and we sometimes wonder, you know, what does it mean to be the church today? It really means the same thing to be the church centuries ago. To be a community of people who follow Jesus, who live and share his love with one another. So let's, let's bring this all together as we kind of bring this whole big sentence into one you know, statement of who we are, what we do, and why we do what we do. Let's read this together. We are a gathering of people striving to act like a family, committed to serving in love. So we gather, grow, and go. Because we're all about growing in Jesus and sharing his love. And that's the last part there that we're going to spend a few moments just looking at. Because we're all about growing in who? In Jesus. What does it mean to grow in Jesus? His word. Yeah, we grow in his word. That is, that, this, that is a part of that. That's one reason, you know, we have things like Kid Zone and confirmation class, and high school edge group, and adult groups. While there's, you know, a ladies' Bible study meets on Thursdays, and there's a small group that meets Thursday evenings, and some others, I don't know what nights they meet, they meet other nights of the week, and we're looking to, you know, get our edge groups to expand to more than just our high school group. Because there is something about gathering together and growing in the knowledge who Jesus is. 
and, and how he's called us to live. But growing in Jesus is more than just growing in head knowledge. It is a part of that. But growing in Jesus is also growing in the sense that, that I call it heart knowledge, is it, growing in faith and in faith knowing that you are what? You are loved by God. Because the more we grow in understanding and believing that we are loved, no matter what we've done, no matter how well we've done or how much we have failed to do what we should do, knowing that we are loved by the God of the universe, so much so that he has sent his only son, Jesus, that shapes our lives, shapes our identity. It shapes what we do, who we are, and what we do, and why we do what we do. Because growing in Jesus, again, is that head knowledge, and, and some of us might have more head knowledge about Jesus than others, but growing in that knowledge, that faith, that understanding, that belief that we are loved, that you are loved, is so powerful and so important. That's, again, why when we have our confession of sins, you know, as part of the confession of sins, we have those words of forgiveness because we need to hear that often. You are loved and you are forgiven by the God of the universe. Because, you know, when you are loved, love can shape you, love can motivate you, can move you to do many things. 23 days from today is what? Valentine's Day. You know, and if you have someone in your life, you know, parent, friend, someone special, spouse, when you go and you, you get gifts, you know, hopefully, you know, what motivates you is what? Love. Growing in Jesus, and as we grow in that love he has for us, as that love fills us, it shapes us, it empowers us to share his love. And so we share his love. We share his love with one another as we serve one another, as we care for one another, as we listen to one another, as we pray for one another. Again, that's why it's so great to have that networking time afterwards to grab coffee and a donut. It's a chance to share just a little bit of love with each other. But it's also that love we take out into our community. When we do things like we've done with the public schools, when we've collected school supplies, you know, a number, well, probably almost eight weeks ago, you know, we collected supplies for the Belmont Community Center and for some of the, you know, the aged group that gathers there. We collect things and do things with the refugees or with Matt Talbot Kitchen. We support a missionary who lives overseas. The things we do share the love. Not because we have to, because there's an obligation, a cultural obligation, or fear obligation. But motivated to share his love, because Why? Because he loves us. We are a gathering of people striving to act like a family, committed to serving in love, so we gather, grow, and go. Because we're all about growing in Jesus and sharing his love. Let's say that together one more time. And, and, and if you really want to, again, challenge yourself, you know, take a screenshot of this, take a picture of this, and see if you can learn this fairly easy phrase. But this is really going to help shape who we are as we make more decisions going forward in the future at Holy Savior. Let's say this together. We are a gathering of people striving to act like a family, committed to serving and love, so we gather, grow, and go. Because we're all about growing in Jesus and sharing His love.
Let's pray. Lord God, we give you thanks and praise that you have brought this gathering of people together. We are thankful, Lord, that you put in us is this striving to be like a family, that we are committed to serving in love as we gather, grow, and go. Lord, we pray that we truly are a place where we are growing together in Jesus, in our head knowledge and our heart knowledge, and Lord, through our actions in sharing your love. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.